Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. All right, guys, welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. This is part two of our episode. We are going to be talking about the DC Extended Universe. Uh, there, I don't want to say that there's no plan in place, because that would be cruel or mean. But Or accurate. It might be, yeah. It, it could be accurate, yes. But I think we're all in agreement with, do we really know what they're doing, what their plan is? Like... Well, since they don't, how could we? This, <laughs> right, exactly. I, I think that this is going to be a very short second episode because we all are like, "What the hell are they doing?" Okay, thanks, guys. See you. See you next time. Um, so, so I think that we need to talk about is what we'd like to see. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or potentially what they could. We can. We can all, you know, offer up some supposition yeah. in terms of what we think yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, we could take the, the shattered fragments of what's there and say, how would we cobble this together to make it into f- something good? How can we fix this? And there's so much potential. This crap storm that they've left there's us. so much potential. There really is. And, like, I, I want to start off. I chose this theme music for a reason. Batman. Batman. Batman is their bread and butter. Okay? Let, let's let's all yeah. be honest here. I'm a Superman dude. I'm wearing a Superman t-shirt right now. I almost wore mine. I have That would have been really, really weird. The but, only reason I did is because I did the last time I recorded. I am wearing a Batman shirt. <laughs> oh, see, MC is wearing a, a Batman shirt right now. So, like, we're on the same page here. Um, I love Superman. He's my favorite of the two. However, Batman consistently has better movies. But not only that, Batman is an easier character to do a movie with and do a good movie He's with. He's hands down an easier character to write. Yeah. It's it's pretty simple, you know, like dark brooding, have some crazy stuff happen, having, you know, like have a villain that's going to do some crazy stuff. There you go. That's your, your basic plot. Batman can be very moldable as long as you do certain things. I feel like they had and, and they weren't trying to world build. That was the best part about it is when they started this whole thing, it started with um, the Dark Knight. Like when you had Batman Begins. You were like, okay, this is really cool. We've never actually seen Batman year one. I mean, that's essentially what it was. Yeah. We've never seen right. him in his early days. So now we get to see him, and they establish a pretty good Batman character. I thought that, that was I thought it was a great story. I thought it was a great framework. And let's all be perfectly honest here. We all jizzed in our pants when we saw the Joker card at the end of that movie. That was very exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, everybody was just like, oh, the Joker's going to be the next <laughs> one. This is going to be awesome. And it was. It didn't let us down. They had a golden opportunity right then and there to start world building. Now, good. Nolan didn't because he's Christopher Nolan and he does what he wants. Yeah. And there, I'm sure there were legal reasons too because Warner Brothers is fucking weird. Pardon my language. Um, but how like, you. how dare I curse Watch on your fucking shit. mouth? <laughs> We well, DC to. also wasn't very interested in it, too. I, I remember reading something around the time of The Dark Knight where they said something along the lines of, yeah, what Marvel is doing over there is cool, but we're not we're not going to do what they're doing. We're just going to make our movies. We Which don't like we don't like heaps of money. Nonsense. <laughs> Between Warner like, Brothers. That, that, oh, they, they said like that was a big reason why they didn't try to do that. And then when they inevitably changed their minds, like Nolan wasn't going to sign on to it try to set up the, the universe with the, the third movie of the Batman trilogy. Yeah. And, and really to, to kind of speak to your, your, your point there. And then uh, I know you had something to say there, Rambo. Um, they, they retroactively gave an F about what Marvel was doing. 
They didn't care about what Marvel was doing until what Marvel was doing was was holy crap, this Blowing was amazing. Up. Yeah, because they were like when if I don't remember the timeline here, but I know Batman Begins came out before Iron Man, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think so. So then the Dark Knight came out concurrently or pretty close to the same time it came uh, it, Iron Man came out, correct? Within like a year or so. And the Dark Knight was Why? Yeah. We know Iron Man came out in 2008. It's been 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, they both came out in 08. Batman Begins was 05. I yeah, think Dark Knight was 2010, I believe. Yeah, I Dark Knight movies came, I believe those Dark came Knight out like was every 08. two years or something. Well, at, at any rate, I think that DC slash Warner Brothers kind of sat back and was like, <laughs> we just made the greatest movie about superheroes ever. Um, one of our actors, you know, God rest his soul, just won an Academy Award. We don't care what Marvel's doing. So it's funny that you're it okay, so when when Batman yeah. Begins came out yeah. and was a big success, obviously they greenlit the next one. Uh they also immediately started looking into oh, oh, that's what it is. People want dark and gritty superhero movies. That's what we'll do. We'll do another we'll do a Superman movie, and it's gonna be like a dark, gritty, like real feel to it. I remember reading that and being like Oh no! They saw they saw that this was a success and completely misinterpreted why it was successful. Um, Batman can be dark and gritty. Batman can be dark. Batman and gritty. is dark and gritty. Sure, it should, it should have been. You can in the way that earlier films weren't. But well, I mean, shit. You can you can do a dark and gritty Superman movie, but you don't do dark and gritty Superman. He's the opposite of that. He's he's the so if 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 everything is dark in that movie, he's the point of light. You know, you use him as the opposite he's of things. Symbol to, of hope. That's what yeah, the S on his chest stands for. Exactly. Yeah, um, just, and I was like, well, you know, oh, I haven't heard anything else about this. Maybe it won't happen. And then Man of Steel came out. Um, and I know people feel very differently about that movie. Uh, I am still a fan of it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it because of what I thought it was going to set up and what I thought they were establishing. And have we ever talked about this? No. When I went and saw... Oh, the, micro- the microphone is yours, my friend. So I I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he does an amazing job. I think he has the certainly the look. He's beautiful. Um, but he has the 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 presence and the the sort of gravity around him to to carry that character um one of my favorite moments in in movies in general but certainly superhero movies is him and lois talking about the s you know what does that represent he's like and he just kind of like very casually kind of laughs he's like oh you know it's on my world it means hope um and he says it with this this smile on his face was like, yeah, yeah, it does, man. Yeah. Yeah. Explain, explain to her what it means. Um, and then, you know, what you get from that next movie. Um, I remember being super hyped for the trailers too. Oh shit. Oh shit. Batman and Superman are going to meet up and it's going to be, they're going to fight, but they're going to realize they're both heroes. And then he's, oh man, it's going to be so cool. That fucking movie ruined my day. I saw it. I saw it uh, in a, a morning screening. I was one of like three people in the entire theater. And I was so optimistic going into it. And the whole time, every every like 10 or 15 minutes, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I, I guess that's a thing you could do. Um, I'm not really sure why you would do that, but yeah, all right. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. And just the further along it went, I was just like, oh, oh no. Why would? But how does that work? Because there's no, there's. <laughs> Wait, you just violated your own narrative. That doesn't match up with anything that happened in the last movie. And it's the same writer and director. Why is... Oh, fuck. Oh, no. They don't understand what they're doing. Oh, that's a bummer. That's so sad. And it just, yeah. I, I So despondent. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I, watched, I watched Batman vs. Superman hoping for them to duke it out. And I, you, know, you know what I was hoping for? And this is going to sound really lazy. But honestly, if they had gone this way, it would have been a better movie. I was hoping they were going to take the cartoon, World's Finest. Sure. And just throw it on the big screen. Straight up adaptation. Yes. Yep. I would have been okay with that. And you know what they didn't do? Anything that made any fucking sense. Nope. That movie, the the Batman in that movie, based on the Superman we get in that movie, is right. And he should kill Superman. Because that dude is going to murder someone on that planet, if not the planet itself. He is dangerous. He's impetuous. He reacts... Like a fucking child does. And it's, I, I was positive, I was positive that, and I will freely admit that this probably reveals my own ignorance about, um, uh, about autism and Asperger's and the autistic spectrum. Uh, I was sure Zack Snyder was on the spectrum leaning more toward uh, uh, autistic because that movie, in my mind, betrayed... Uh, um, or, or portrayed a complete and total lack of understanding of human emotion. Um, and so for me, it read like someone who didn't understand how people uh, uh, function emotionally. Um, I have since that learned... That would make a lot of sense. Oh, I've since learned that that's not it, and yeah. that he is a true objectivist, and he is a full-on Randian, uh, not like a Paul, uh, Paul Ryan Randian, where he's like, I like money, and this is an excuse for me to be an asshole. But, like, he's a legit, I believe Ayn Rand had, like, solid philosophical ideas Randian. Um, so, he, as an objectivist, he's that's, like... That's why? That's why. That's Which what, So, really? if you look at the whole movie, the whole movie, Superman's trying to say, well, like, do I have a responsibility? Because I can do a thing, should I do a thing? Um, and people around him were like, nah, you don't, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Which I thought was an interesting idea to explore until they didn't stop exploring it. Like, they, 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 they explored it. They, they, they mapped the area. Uh, and then they set up shop and built them all. Um, they didn't stop doing anything with it or actually do anything interesting with it beyond, yeah, you, you don't have to do anything. Any, whatever a man chooses to do is his own choice. Uh, you are not responsible for anyone else's actions. Um, and any actions you do going forward... Um, the past doesn't matter. Does it, it, it's non-existent. So if you are a good person now, um, by doing a good thing, you erase all n- bad deeds uh, leading up to this. Which is why, at the end of the movie, when he fights Doomsday and dies, he's a hero. Despite the fact that he's been ambivalent at best <laughs> about helping people, about being heroic, um, because he died saving humanity, it's seen as like, well, you know, everything else doesn't matter. Everybody loves you. You're great. It is a true objectivist Superman story. Wow. It's a fucking bummer. Is that why it's great? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't even have anything to say. Like, yeah. cause that, How about those comic books, folks? Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, don't you love those funny books with those <laughs> nice pictures in them? Yeah. I, I understand what he was going with because 
Zack Snyder's an, an artsy sort of fella. He's he, an artsy fella. He likes doing doing some things. And I think he, he did... does like doing some things. He, he did those things well when he did 300. He did sure. those things well when he did Watchmen. I thought so, yeah. I don't think he did them well with superheroes. It's, I don't think it's his niche. I really don't. It's certainly not the kind of thing I want from superheroes. No. I and don't want a Superman by way of Watchmen. No. The, the big thing with me is that set the precedent of this is what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And they haven't recovered. And nope. nothing nothing has been straightened out. I really thought that Justice League was going to be an opportunity for them to really kind of write the course. Where they could have just... All they had to do was not fuck it up. And I feel like they did just enough. They did like the bare minimum. It's like, it's like you're told it, it's senior year. It's May. And you're like, listen, you have to pass this English class in order to graduate. <laughs> and they did just enough to get a D minus. They were like, hey, I yeah. passed. Huh? I, you know what? Like, to that, I would say this. Um, if you were told that in May and you wrote an A paper and it brought your GPA up just to enough the, to pass, to the no matter how good you did. In fact, you'd have to do amazing just to pass. <laughs> I think that what Justice League ended up being was, imagine you're driving 100 miles an hour in one direction, and you need to pull a U-turn and go the exact opposite direction. Justice League was the U-turn. It was sloppy, and it was a fucking mess, and there was road rash everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but just hit the parking brake. You're good. But it like, definitely <laughs> turns a corner. It, yeah, um, okay. It's got a lot of issues with it. It's very silly in places. It's it's you know it's funny for for as many people who bitched about uh, Ragnarok. Um, I thought Justice League was was more like inappropriately jokey in places. Oh yeah. Um, but well, uh, and you can also too. It's, like, almost, it's almost like there were two directors. Almost. I was just about to say that you can totally, <laughs> you literally can watch that movie and be like Snyder, Whedon, Snyder, sure. Whedon, Snyder, Whedon. Yep, yep, that's Whedon. Yep, uh, yeah. Fucking mustache. I'm pretty sure I heard that joke in uh, in uh, Buffy before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like speaking of, I did see um, the mustache in Mission Impossible Fallout. That's a good movie. Looks fantastic. Yeah, that mustache looks, looks amazing. I've seen that movie twice now. That movie. <laughs> so quick aside on that the arm cocking thing like, yeah I, everybody's like it's so stupid i think it's cool i think it's great and he's like come on that's a lot of people really like it yeah. and it was it was an ad lib apparently it really? was just the thing that henry cavill wanted to do yeah and i'm like awesome do yeah. it it's awesome i watch whatever you want to make if that where's movie, my man from uncle sequel <laughs> if that if that movie is the reason why we had that fake ass uh mustache and uh it's 100 percent why yeah there's then, an amazing yeah. story behind that <laughs> it's so good it's so good that story. Go oh, ahead. it's go so ahead. wonderful, Steve. You want to? You want to? Steve, go ahead and tell us the story, bud. Oh my God! So basically, the two studios were fighting over his mustache. Um, so they had to do reshoots for Justice League. Everyone knows that part about it. And the studio was in the middle of filming um, Mission Impossible Fallout. It's uh, what's his name, McQuarrie, right? The yeah, director McQuarrie, for yeah. for that. Um, and so they said, hey, um, we need him back for some reshoots. You're going to have to shave that mustache off. And they were like, no, we're in the middle of filming our movie. So they're like, well, what can we do? And they came up with a couple different options that didn't really work out for either studio. And then eventually um, Warner Brothers was like, well, how about we give you $3 million and you just stop making your movie for a little while? 
and he can shave the mustache off and then grow it back and you guys can pick up. And they were going to do that for a little while. They were literally going to say, all right, we'll take $3 million Mm -hmm. to not make a movie and he can shave his mustache. And then uh, who, who, who does the mission impossible? I can't remember what, what production company does that, but they were, they were like, Paramount was like, what the fuck? Paramount. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) They're like, no, absolutely not. And so they're like, I guess we'll have to have a bunch of people in Asia digitally wipe jelly over his lips while we reshoot these scenes afterwards. But I mean, the fact that all of this came down to a, a freaking mustache and it almost netted a company three million dollars is preposterous. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And one of my favorite, uh, Mark, do you know anything about else about it? Uh, no, 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 no. Go, go ahead. So one of uh, um. There's a really interesting happenstance that that almost certainly led to Paramount being like, "Get the fuck out of here! We're not doing that." Because um, because McQuarrie was like really agreeable. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, that sucks, man. You guys got to do that. Let me see what we can figure out." It was one of the producers uh, on the movie that figured out that well, this is what it's going to cost to like uh, for the for the time to not shoot and to get a prosthetic while Henry regrows his mustache. Um, uh, uh, interesting side note. Uh, if you look at the first X-Men movie, Wolverine's mutton chops change over the course of the movie. And it's because Hugh Jackman was not originally cast. Duke Gray Scott, who hurt himself filming Mission Impossible 2, um, was going to be Wolverine, hurt his leg on the set of Mission Impossible 2. So they brought in the number two guy that they were going to cast, which was Hugh Jackman, who hadn't had time to grow his beard out. Um, so over the course of the movie, uh, it goes from fake mutton chops to real mutton chops. Um, what a anyway, there, right? I mean, I, I, no shit, right? <laughs> like, so oh, here's this role that'll build your fucking career in the states. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, somebody at Paramount was like, "Now, nah, fuck you." And the reason, almost certainly, was aside from just like the studio being like, "We're not going to help out this other studio," was Tom Cruise broke his ankle shooting a uh, scene in the movie. Uh, has anybody who who's seen the movie? I have. Okay. Uh, so the scene where he is running and trying to catch up to Henry Cavill, uh, uh, when Cavill like ends up with, yeah. like, leaving with the helicopter on the rooftops, on the rooftops, the roof exactly. He jumps and, and he, he, he jumps across one roof, um, and he barely catches himself. Uh, uh, and in the movie you see like his foot, like banging against somebody's window. Uh, he pulls himself up and he kind of, he kind of walks it off and, and, and it cuts. So, uh, I highly recommend you look up uh, Graham Norton on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, it's a uh, British talk show, and it's hysterical. I fell down a rabbit hole that, with him the other day. That's where like, I saw it, too. It's, his, oh, God, you've seen it. Oh, man. His, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love him so much. Like, his interviews that he it's have are, are hilarious. It's yeah. so wonderful. But, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Cruz and Simon Pegg, and I want to say Henry Cavill are all on Norton's show. And Peg refuses to watch the video. Everybody's watched the video multiple times. It's gross. So what happens is he he makes the jump, but his foot just catches the top of the like, like his toe just catches the building, and it just snaps his ankle instantly. Uh, oh, <laughs> for those God. not watching, Mike looked like he gagged uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the best part coming up though. The, oh my! Well, my favorite part is Cruz. He pulls himself up. 
He walks off screen. They get the shot. He immediately goes to like a DP or, or, or a PA. And he was like, so two things need to happen. Uh, you need to tell everybody that we're not going to be shooting for the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's because of the second thing, which is I need to be taken to the hospital because my leg is broken. Uh, <laughs> and Tom Cruise is a goddamn professional. Yeah. <laughs> he got the shot. Wow. You, when, he, when he limps off, it's because his ankle is broken. Say what you will. About his beliefs as far as other stuff. Man does whatever. his job. But he does his job. Man yeah, does exactly. his job. Yeah, yeah. This ties the, uh, in. I, I think they ended up using that shot in the film, too. Jeez. They cut like away. a little bit at the end of it. Yeah, they cut yeah. away where he's like visibly limping uh-huh. but like when he pulls himself up. like, And that's kind of a Hollywood tradition is if like a stuntman or someone gets like violently injured they use that shot that's it's the real one it's the one we can, yeah, it's the as long as it yeah, yeah as long as it matches what we need absolutely we're going to use that i want to tie this in okay let's do it because oh, yeah. we're talking about the dceu and you and mc brooks here simultaneously messaged me on facebook <laughs> about how tom cruise ties into the dceu oh yeah marcus take the take oh, yeah. the mic buddy tell tell me what Oh my god! Just go ahead. I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, according to the article that's currently out there right now, Tom Cruise is on the verge of signing on to play Hal Jordan as Green Lantern oh my god, so in excited. the upcoming Green Lantern Corps film. You're excited. I'm very excited. We've talked about this before. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus. Since you're bringing us this news, buddy, how how do you feel about Tom Cruise being Hal Jordan? Well, he has the look for sure. I, th- I I think just from from his uh, I don't know why I can't talk today. From a, from an aesthetic standpoint, I feel like he has the look. Um, generally speaking, I like Tom Cruise as an actor, so you know I don't think he'll do a bad job. But I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like just based on I mean, we kind of touched on this based on DC's track record so far with their films. Like I. I have nothing that tells me, even with casting him to play Hal Jordan, that they'll even write his character good enough to make this a good film. Yeah, that's absolutely so fair. Yeah. Not to mention, too, uh, like, I'm also curious to I, 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 if they do go through and uh, get him to sign on. I'm curious who they're going to get to play Jonathan Stewart because this film is su- supposed to feature both of them. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see who they're going to try to get to pair with Tom Cruise in this film. Well, obviously it's going to be Kevin Hart, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like or, Ty- or Tyrese or fucking Tyrese. Tyrese. God damn it. <laughs> just a beautiful man. Just, yeah. Like, um, I, okay. So I mentioned it. I did mention it. I mentioned why I don't like Tom Cruise. Yes, you did. And for the most yeah. part, I won't watch Tom Cruise movies for this reason. It's the same reason I won't touch anything John Travolta, other than you know the fact that John Travolta sucks. Um, <laughs> um, except for that Punisher with Thomas Jane, because I love that movie. I love I love parts of that movie. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It, it's, yeah, okay. And Travolta, Travolta's incidental to that movie. He really let's is. Be honest. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that you get God. to see him yeah. murdered, like dragged behind a That's car, pretty great. Was pretty awesome. Yeah. He's the fucking albatross on the neck of that movie. Oh God, he's, he's so bad. <laughs> he really is. But I I just. The whole Scientology thing really rubs me the wrong way. Um, Fair but enough, man. That being said, your reaction, Marcus's reaction, Steve, you're—I know you're a huge Mission Impossible fan, so I'm assuming you're okay with a Tom Cruise casting as uh, as Hal Jordan. I actually no, 
Really? No. I okay. am. Oh. I have. I have no problem with Tom Cruise. I do love Mission Impossible, both the series of like the TV show from the '60s and the '80s, and the film series. Love it. Like Tom Cruise movies. Other than this, I just don't think he's right for the role. I, I agree with you guys. He Fair. looks right. But think about like Tom Cruise movies, how much of the control he is like, who's going to direct him? How is he going to fit into a larger DC universe and build around this as a character? Think about Green Lantern as a character and then the kind of guys that Tom Cruise portrays. Tom Cruise is great with stunts. Green Lantern is going to be predominantly CG. So that doesn't lend well to what his biggest draw is in these Mission Impossible movies, and these big action flicks is him running and jumping around, not him CGI flying around and that kind of stuff. I just don't think that what he brings to the table and the people who watch his films meshes well with who Green Lantern is. I go ahead, go ahead, Marcus. What's interesting is too that the snag with uh, with Tom Cruise signing on is that in apparently in the original script that that DC came up with, Hal Jordan is supposed to die in this film. And Tom doesn't want to sign on unless they change that. Which, I mean, I can't fault him for not wanting to come in and immediately <laughs> die in the movie. Well, and you gotta like, think I, that I think it's obvious that when he made that mummy movie, he thought he was going to be the guy in a cinematic universe. Yeah. And when that thing fell apart, I think that's why he's now interested in playing a character in the DCU, a larger universe piece here. But I think he wants to be the guy. And Green Lantern has his fans. He has some great moments, some great storylines. But the big three are Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Sure. Green Lantern isn't part of that big three. And I, you're just going to see Tom Cruise, like, elbowing his way up into, you know, trying to be that guy. I mean, he's already trying to change the script, so he's in multiple movies. What if organically Hal Jordan dying is the best story they can tell with this Green Lantern Corps movie? He's already changing something, maybe for the worse. We don't know. I I think there's there's definitely something to be said for what you're we're you're saying. My biggest disagreement there is um would you think that uh Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, Chris Hemsworth's Thor, and uh uh, uh Chris Evans Captain America, do you think that they are um how best to put this, uh small personalities in their films well i don't think that i don't think they're small personalities I, not, in their films. yeah i'm not so much looking yeah. at it as from a character standpoint as a behind the scenes kind of thing like i mean i don't know maybe they got larger now and i i obviously don't know what it's like behind the scenes but to me it's it's when you see tom cruise and you talk about like these behind the scene things it's just the tom cruise show and everyone else is hired because Kind of like when LeBron James is on a team, like, yes, technically you have to have a coach on the team. Like, you technically have to have a director of the film. But we all know who's running the show here, and that's kind of how I feel I, about him. So, agree. yeah, like, Robert Downey Jr. definitely has a lot of pull, and I think they would be stupid to not take his um, genius and influence in developing that character. But he's not also running around saying, well, I think the script needs to be changed here, and I'm not doing it if it's not this and blah, blah, blah. He's allowed to negotiate his contract and develop his character, but I don't see him ha trying to have more influence and reach his arms out and pull more stuff in. I could see Tom Cruise doing that. Tom Cruise but hey, maybe that's seem... what the ECU needs. Maybe he... they maybe they need that. He does seem like he has to be the alpha dog. 
But it's funny you guys keep saying that because my understanding of him is he works really well with groups. Really? He works. He's in, like he's he's paramount in trying to, to get more and more you need people. To you need to stop because I hate Tom Cruise <laughs> and you're making me like him. Well, I don't like, I don't well, appreciate hell, this at all. It's funny like like Sarah Ferguson or Rebecca Ferguson rather who yeah. is in Fallout and was also in Rogue Nation. Yeah. Um I can't say if script-wise she was originally supposed to be in Fallout. I don't know definitively. But I do know that um, in Rogue Nation, both Paula Patton and Maggie Q, who were both in previous uh, 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 Mission Impossible movies, were supposed to be in those movies. But scheduling conflicts got in the way. Um, What Chris McQuarrie has been doing since, uh, um, since Ghost Protocol... Uh, having written the, the the screenplay and going forward, or at the very least uh, uh, developing the screenplay f- uh, from then on, is he's building a much a very big kind of cohesive franchise. Where Steve, I'm sure you can back me up on this. Um, from uh, uh, Rogue Nation on, uh, or even hell, really from Post Protocol on, it's all been one big cohesive story, uh, particularly between Fallout and Rogue Nation, the last two movies. Um, to the yeah, point I mean, where they have the same, they have the same villain. They they yeah. even picked up some threads from from three and oh, brought dude. them forward into four, five, and six. Hell, there's a there's a direct there's a character who is a direct reference to the first movie. Um, the 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 White Widow is Max's daughter. Max was Vanessa Redgrave in the yeah. first movie. Oh wow! Yeah, so there, I mean, it's it is cohesive. It is a full thing. Um, point being, say all that to say. Uh, I remember reading recently there was an article, um, an interview talking about uh, the the different, basically how when he shares screen time with a woman, it's not a matter of like, um, oh yeah, and then there's this Bond girl. Uh, like the 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 characters for women in the Mission Impossible movies are not underwritten; uh, they are written up to the same quality and to the same uh, level of agency as his character, as every other male character, and he is directly responsible for that. Um, he is a guy who goes to bat for his co-stars. Um, and I think that a guy with that level of star power, but also uh, that level of professionalism, it could be you know very much what the DCEU needs. Um, but at the same time, like I can't fault the guy for being like, well, I want to come... I, sure, I'll play Green Lantern, but I want to play Green Lantern in like, more than just this. Uh, so is there any way we can like get rid of that death? Um, I'm also just really excited to see Maverick play Hal Jordan. I really want, I mean, that makes (laughs) so much sense though. Top gun. Like, yeah, let me, let me back it up then. So, um, first off, I don't want him to fail. You know what I mean? Like I, I want there to be a great green lantern because I would say flash and green lantern are probably my favorite two. DC characters. Uh So I really want a good one. And that's probably why I'm a little more wary because it matters less to me who's playing, say, Superman than who is playing Flash or Green Lantern. Um, So I want him to do well, uh, especially after the Green Lantern film with with Ryan Reynolds. Um, And and secondly, um, I believe you're 100% correct on all the things you said about Tom Cruise. And it just, I guess it just feels to me like where DC is right now with their live action stuff, this seems like a swing for the fences kind of thing. Sure. And it's either going to be amazing or terrible. Yeah. And I guess I was just laying out the case for some reasons why it may be terrible because there's no way when you cast Tom Cruise as Green Lantern, there's any in between. It is either 100% or 0%. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think you laid out an excellent case for why it could be great. 
Agreed. I, honestly, I would say the DCEU probably needs to take a swing for the fences, considering everything but Wonder Woman has been subpar. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and oh yeah. And, and it seems like they may be hitting a home run with uh, with Shazam next year. Oh, and, uh, please let's I talk about this. Really excited about that movie. Like, <laughs> like, like it seems like they may you know be on the right track, depending on whether they're going to make Shazam part of the EU or whether it's going to be one of their. So, 50,000 standalone movies that are going to be coming out. why the hell aren't they using the Elseworlds logo for the standalone movies? I don't know. Hey, don't we're know. Warner Brothers introduces the new DCU imprint, imprint Elseworlds. Because you know, you, you, you can fucking bet that they're gonna, they're, we're going to get another, finally get a Super uh, Sandman movie. Yeah. You know, we're definitely going to eventually get a Transmet movie. Like, it's all going to happen. DCU imprint, Vertigo. Like, there's no fucking reason in the world why they can't be using... Uh, um, the individual imprints, and if, and if we're, we have what three Joker movies planned or something, Ugh, God, um, yeah, unfortunately, and clearly one of them is going to be outside continuity. They've already talked about it. Yeah, uh, with the the Joaquin I Phoenix, think, the I think all of them are honestly. I think two of them are, and then one is a spinoff from Suicide Squad. So, gotcha. I, I I gotta I was when I finally saw the trailer for Shazam. I had been fighting a migraine for like two days, right? Yeah. So I got this migraine medication that pretty much knocks out the migraine, but in doing so, it, it like deadens most of my nerves. So I'm just kind of like this big ball of jelly, just kind of walking around the house, like <laughs> giggling and stuff like that, because nothing hurts. And I sit down and I watch this, and I legitimately had to pause it and look up Shazam and be like, wait, this isn't DC. This has got to be Marvel. This is funny. Nah, this can't be DC. It's I charming and engaging. I looked it up and I was like, nah. And I was like, it is. I, I thought it was Shazam fought Batman and Kingdom Come, or Superman and Kingdom Come. Yeah, no, okay. My brain is not broken. Okay. So I, I like had to stop myself and like watch it again. And I was like, this is the best looking trailer that they've put together for a movie. And I can't tell you how long. There was no point where I was just like, eh, this looks dumb. Like I remember watching Batman vs Superman. And they finally did a new trailer, and you saw Doomsday. I was like, "Why are they wasting Doomsday?" <laughs> I wish that yo, I wish they hadn't wasted Doomsday in oh, the trailer. I, 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 I do feel like that movie might have been better received had they not given you the Doomsday reveal until the movie. Yeah, it was like it, having him before, or having not had Doomsday at all. I'm, I'm yeah. with, I'm with Steve. No Doomsday would have been better. You know, instead you would have had yeah. Mark Zuckerberg come up with some other monster. <laughs> to fight him um i just like i'm very excited about shazam yeah the the jury is you know i still haven't seen suicide squad and you want to know why because i don't because i don't care it is definitely a movie i don't care about it they at all. shot it with cameras and there were actors <laughs> hired for it and uh the things that work really work, work i think work really well but yeah. they're few and far between you know what the you know what the tie-in between suicide squad and shazam is what black adam it's not going to be in Shazam, but he is going to be in Suicide Squad. Too. The sequel, yeah. Further proving that they don't fucking understand what the Suicide Squad is good for. The Suicide Squad is not, they do not fight world ending threats. They're the people, they're, you know what they are? God, this is perfect uh, uh, segue. They're the IMF, only the government is excited to disavow them. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Fuck it up. We don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Blow up the facility. If you all die, great. There you go. Um, yeah, if yeah, if the IMF was just like <laughs> was made of just assholes, just like total dickheads, then, then that's a hundred percent what the Suicide Squad would that be. That is so going to be the title of this episode: IMF of assholes. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's totally what they are. And like, I even as I say that, like the most recent movie is them dealing with uh, uh, 
nuclear weapons, which is very much world ending. Um, but it's not about it's not about like you don't send the Suicide Squad after Black Adam. You know, it's it's not like no, there's he's, a, no, he's apparently supposed to be in charge of them. Oh, that's even and worse. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense they're at all. Yeah, he's Why? Supposed, yeah. Why? From, without, Why? from what little information there is, like there, he's supposed to be like their leader for whatever the plot is for this next film. Jesus, I mean, you know, Why, DC? I don't want to, I don't want to talk shit about a movie I haven't seen, let alone a trailer I haven't seen, let alone a, like concept art I haven't seen. But at the same time, just based on the track record, like, come on, guys, yeah. dial it down. You oh, went big well, and it did not it work could. out. It goes right back to what you said all the way back to when you're talking about Batman Begins and DC completely misidentifying what made that film good. You're like, oh, they like dark stuff. Yep. No, what people like are screen accurate films to the stories and characters that we like from from the comics. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be one to one. It can be a movie interpretation of it, but we want it accurate. And that's why Shazam looks good, because it's a little kid who gets to be a superhero. So it should be fun and colorful and exciting. Yep. And that's why it looks so good. Yeah. Don't mess up other stuff that is right in front of you. Have all the source material at, at your hands. I mean, I can't imagine how awesome it must be to be one of these directors or creative teams that are making one of these movies. And you just call up DC, give me all these comics, and they just, you just show up. It would be amazing. Um that's what we liked about it, and that's why Shazam looks so good. Why are you mixing Black Adam? Is, is there any source material for this? I, I'm I'm not as familiar with Black Adam and Shazam. Nothing I can is, think of. I mean, honestly, for would, the most part, it would literally be like saying uh, we're going to make an X Men movie, but then we're going to take I don't know who's another Marvel character that's never Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom in this X Men movie. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense other than the fact up. that it's. They've already said that they want The Rock to do it, so they want a big name in this movie because they have to because Will Smith's not going to be in the next one because he's too expensive. They've already made a point of saying that. Oh, we're not going to be able to have Will Smith, like so we got to find somebody else. The Rock is expensive, but not as expensive as Will Smith because you know he's you know he hasn't wanted to, he hasn't done anything. So his dead shot is one of the worst things about the movie. Is it really? Uh, as far as I was concerned, you know, we were talking earlier about actors and, and the difference you know the difference between good and good and bad actors in terms of like yeah whether or not they play themselves. Yeah. It's just it's just fucking Will Smith. It's just Will Smith. It's Will Smith with a shaved head and a beard. Like all right, you're not quite as quippy as you were when you were Jay. But like still, who gives a fuck? <laughs> fuck the shit out of me. I reread um or not reread, but I, I read uh, not too long ago. And say welcome to Earth. I mean, right? I mean I might as well. Um there's a a, a great mini series that Christos Gage wrote, uh Deadshot miniseries he wrote a couple years ago. Um and it's it's just Floyd going back and like it's the first time he learns he learns about his daughter and he's like ah shit now I have this responsibility I got to deal with all right I'll go clean up this like this little neighborhood um, but he's you know fucking world famous assassin so he's just like I don't want to have to kill you if I if I don't have to mostly because it's work and I don't like to work if I don't have to but I will I will murder you and everyone you know please go away please leave my family alone just go away just go away. Um, but you know, I actually I watched I watched Suicide Squad with my girlfriend Katie, and I was like, "All right, um, there's one more thing I want to show you. It's going to take about 20 minutes. Are you down?" She's like, "All right, let's watch it." And I played her the Task Force X episode of the JLU. And when it was done, I was like, "Okay, so you've seen both of those things. Um, which of those things told a better story?" She's like, "The cartoon." All right, which of those things better established their char those characters? The cartoon. Uh, which of those things was more engaging, more entertaining? Um, 
and a thing you enjoyed more. And she's like, the cartoon. Cartoon. cartoon and which cartoon, one of those things cartoon. had two hours to tell their story? The movie. Yep, that's a problem. <laughs> it's, oh, God. So I was thinking about this Suicide Squad 2 thing. What would you guys think if instead of Black Adam, it was an already established villain that they teased at the end, Deathstroke? And he breaks them of their government, like, bomb head control devices and then it becomes a movie about a conundrum of these characters of what does it mean to be a hero or a villain like would that, that be a compelling awesome. story um i have a sack of money for you here steve because yeah, that, that movie sounds needs dope, to be man. made i the problem with all of this is dc never had a plan to begin with and they can say that they did but we all know that they didn't. They had a list of movies. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't they didn't do the work to to make sure that it that it actually worked. And the worst part about it is is they had a template already in place. All they had to do and and I'll, I'll I'm going to set this up right now. If they had done this, the only thing that would have been a knock would have been fanboys saying, "You guys swiped all of this material directly from all of the animated stuff." All you had to do was take the animated stuff that's been on TV, that's been these direct-to-DVD movies, direct-to-Netflix, yes. Hulu, whatever, and you Absolutely. could have made those. We talked about Superman and how much I love Superman, and I love that Superman story when he takes out – and I, why can I never – The I always, Elite. Thank you. Yeah. Elite. When he takes out the Elite, I love that story so much, and you could have made that a Superman movie. Oh, God. You didn't even have to go back and tell the basic. Amazing. This is this is how he how he got to Earth. We all know how he got to Earth. We all saw the Christopher Reeve movie. Yep. We don't need to see the origin story again. Just like we don't need to see Thomas and Martha Wayne getting gunned the fuck down. Like it's not necessary. We don't need to see Uncle Ben being shot yep. again. We've seen these things. We know what they are. Just give us a new story. All you have to do is be like, hey, remember how you flew here in a little spaceship, Clark? I remember when you were a little baby in that little pod. That's the end of it because we all know exactly what he's talking about. Then you get us a good story because we know what Superman is supposed to stand for. Instead of trying to change it and being like, oh, well, Superman's going to shirk his responsibilities and grow a beard. And that's the other thing, too, <laughs> is if you really wanted to like to, to like fix that whole problem with the mustache – all you had to do was have Superman have a beard the whole time because Superman has had a beard before. We've already seen him have a beard. So if he has a mustache, you'd be like, oh, well, he shaved the side. Okay, cool. Whatever, bro. One of my favorite things about that whole situation, who here has read uh, Invincible? Has anybody read it? No. Okay, so Invincible is essentially, um, it just ended. It's very much worth your time. It's Robert Kirkman writing, hey, I'm going to write a Spider-Man story, but it's going to be about Superman's kid. Um... Invincible is this kid named Mark Grayson, who is the son of, um, is it Ultraman? No, not Ultraman, obviously. That's uh, not Omni-Man. A, Omni-Man, Omni-Man. Thank you, uh, Wikipedia. Who is the, you know, he's the Superman of this world. Um, and Mark is half human, and when he's about 16, his powers finally kick in. Um, and he's like, hey, lighthearted superhero story. And then in the second volume, it takes a very bloody and violent turn. Uh and something really awful happens, and you think, oh, well, this is going to be like a fucked up gritty story from here on out. Um, and then it they write the ship, and it goes back to being a lighthearted, fun superhero story. Uh, and it just goes on and on. It's great. It's very much worth, worth your time. Uh, say all that to say, um, Omni-Man is a Viltrumite. And Viltrumites, one of their primary characteristics as, as adult males is they all have a mustache. They all have a big, thick porn stash. 
So that's such a weird character. Wild <laughs> character trait to have, but it's, that's it's kind of awesome. Consistent you see across all the male Voltramites. Hey, is that a kid or is that a man? He's a man. Take a look at that There's mustache. That yeah. Fucking stash. Um, <laughs> if you, I want to see the unedited footage from JLA or from Justice League because fucking old Omni Man is walking around the set because he's in the costume with the full mustache. And yeah, right. <laughs> like straight up, there's Omni Man. Um, oh, but no, to, to, so to 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 touch on what you were talking about in terms of rehashing origins, um, there is one movie that I think handled it really well, um, wherein they reestablish, hey, just a heads up, this is who the character is, uh, without having to have it be part of the plot, and it's a terrible movie. It's not a good movie at all. Punisher War Zone. Punisher War Zone in the opening credits yeah. just retells. The story visually of what Frank Castle went through to become the Punisher. Similarly, um, one of my favorite comics, uh, arguably the best superhero Superman comic of all time, uh, All Star Superman. First page, first issue, four panels that re that just establish who Superman is, and it's two word two word caption per panel. Doomed planet, desperate scientists, last hope, kindly couple. There you go. This is who Superman is. Wow. Um, and that took that took Richard Donner, what, like three hours to tell him the first Superman while, movie? A yeah. while. Yeah, and a fake nose. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's easy for us, at, particularly as big nerds, to be like, oh, we don't need to do origin stories again. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily true. But what I do agree with, particularly as, you know, the audience at large, they know who Superman is. They don't necessarily know what Superman is in terms of what he came from. Same with Super with Batman, Spider-Man, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I remember hearing complaints about, like, what they, you know, what arguably was going to happen with Doctor Strange. I'm like, who, really? Who fucking knows what Doctor Strange is? Like, who he is? Get the fuck out of here in terms of, like, oh, everybody knows who Doctor Strange is. Um, I've, I've been reading comics since I was a kid. I played the ultimate. Uh, what was the ultimate alliance game for Xbox 360? Yeah. I oh, still, yeah. I still didn't know exactly what Doctor Strange did, other than he did magic. There you go, and he could do some cool things. There you go. That's all I really knew, <laughs> and, and like that was enough for me because somebody was like, "Well, who's that, Doctor Strange? What does he do? Uh, he moves his hands and he does some magic and yeah, shit." He's a magician. Know? Yeah. I mean, what it really comes down to is how succinctly can you deliver information, and. You know, not obviously not everybody's Grant Morrison, not everybody's Frank Quitely in terms of uh, their 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 writing and their art, but you can get across what you need to quickly and simply if you want to. If you need, you know, a minute or two to reestablish. Oh, okay, yeah. By the way, uh, this is Peter Parker. He's Spider Man. The reason he's Spider Man, the reason he's doing all these things, is because uh, uh, he was an asshole when he was a kid, uh, and then his uncle Ben died, and he realized great power comes great responsibility. Start the movie. And you can didn't you know, they didn't they do that in one of the Spider-Man movies though where they gave like kind of a quick quick hitter on what happened? Uh, well, the, in the coming? Amazing Spider-Man, they don't they don't redo the whole Ben dying. It's through dialogue. No nah, man. Well, well, in the, in in Homecoming, you get like hints yeah. of it, but in Amazing Spider-Man, Ben dies. You you see it happen. What we what you don't get, and what I really appreciated was they don't use the direct line of "With great power comes great responsibility." Ben alludes to it. He, he he's he's like you know your father believed that if you had the ability to help someone you should. Um, which you hey, have moral obligation there you go. You have a, exactly yeah, yeah. exactly you have a moral obligation to do it. And also, goddamn, they got Martin Sheen to be Uncle Ben, and then he dies, and and Peter Sands. You're like, oh 
Jesus Christ, President President Bartlett's died. What's going to happen? Um, but yeah, uh, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are going to be pissed. They're going to be so angry. <laughs> but no, like you know, with Spider-Man: Homecoming, there are very subtle allusions to what's happened to Ben Parker. Like, I mean, there's like one line uh, when when Peter's talking to Ned, and he's like, you know, everything that May's gone through recently. Like, I can't add this to it. Oh, what could he? What could he be talking about? Oh, his fucking uncle's dead. Um, also, there was a there was a fan rumor for a long time about who would play Ben, and somebody was like Joe Pesci. <laughs> and right? I'm like, fuck! I really want that <laughs> Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. That would be wonderful. I want that so bad. Yeah, like just seeing the two of them. Like, hey, can you uh, take the Utes over to the yeah. uh, to the you know to the place where they can play Jesus basketball? Jesus Christ, Ben! <laughs> <laughs> Watch your fucking mouth in front of the kid. Why? What did I say? Um, all right, so, all right, we we've been talking about we've been talking about Shazam, which I'm very excited about. How has nobody talked about Aquaman? We're we not going to talk about that Aquaman trailer. Exactly. Exactly. What? I mean, I forgot Aquaman was even coming oh, out after I saw the Shazam trailer. Shit. <laughs> Michael, no. Have you have no. you have yes. you seen the trailer? Yes. No, I'm so mad. I'm Why so are you mad? mad? <sighs> you know when you watch a trailer. And you're like, what is this movie? Oh, wait, <laughs> I've seen this before. It was called this. And like, that's what Aquaman was. When okay. I watched it, and I'm trying to remember what movie it was. And Steve, you and I were talking about this. What movie was it when you were watching the trailer and you were just like, I've seen this trailer before. It's this movie. Yeah, it's, uh, I was like, oh, it's the uh, story of Thor with the visuals of Black Panther. Looks good. That, that's what's up. Let's yeah. do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's... And here's the other thing too is Jason Momoa, honestly, let, not let's, a great actor. Let's let's be honest though, he doesn't have to be. It's true, he's gorgeous and yeah. he's incredibly charismatic. He, he literally he he is Chris Hemsworth. Beautiful he is man. the he is the DCEU's Chris Hemsworth. He literally is. He's got his long flowing locks. He's got that winning like million dollar smile. You can just be like, hey, I'm Aquaman. Check out my trident. <laughs> and you're just like, fuck, okay, cool. Like you're not gonna argue with him. Like he's he's got a point. And how can you argue with it? It's the, pro- a- the problem is, is an, an Aquaman. Let's let's put this out there right now, okay? Aquaman gets shit on, and he gets yep. shit on hard by everybody. Yep. Every cartoon has done it. Family Guy has done it. Like they they, they take <laughs> pot shots at Aquaman because he's an easy target. If given the right direction and given the right story and given the right actor, Aquaman is a badass. Yeah, Aquaman's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. If, Hands down. If done correctly. I feel like it's Ant-Man. Ant-Man could have been a joke, but Ant-Man sure. was done right. And at one point, we thought Ant-Man was going to be toast because Edgar Wright was out of it. We were like, yeah. well, shit, now this is going to suck. And then they were like, oh, who, who are they bringing in to, uh, to do uh, direct Ant-Man? Um, I don't know, some dude. Well, what has he worked on before? Um, bring it on? <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you serious? And everybody was like freaking out. But then if you thought about it, the fact that a guy who directed a cheerleading movie, which has nothing but like fast aerial movements and other things like that, and like, is a comedy, and yeah. is a comedy, yeah, yeah. this is going to work for an action flick, and it did. If they can do this with Aquaman, there's a lot of pressure on him, but if they can pull this off, this could be pretty badass. James Wan, James Wan yeah. of uh, Saw and Insidious, and it's, it's mostly Conjuring, horror stuff right? and Conjuring. Um, but horror movies, though, man, for Aquaman? So, there's there's a thing you see very briefly in the trailer. It's very yeah. quick cuts. Yeah. Uh, like horror movies. Has everybody... Like like horror movies. Yeah. Um, has, have any of you guys read uh, Jeff John's first run 
for his first arc on uh, Aquaman for the New 52. No. Called, it's called The Trench. Uh, and, it, I mean, the first issue is like, Aquaman, you suck. <laughs> and everybody around him is like, what are you doing here? Like, the issue, toward the end of it, he goes to this seafood restaurant near uh, the lighthouse he grew up in. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what do you think we eat underwater? <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's like you know playing with the whole the whole gag of like Aquaman sucks. Yeah. Um, which also soapbox for a second is yeah. bullshit. It's from the filmation cartoons where everybody was useless. Um, yeah. And every time somebody's like Aquaman sucks, I'm like, great. What have you read? Oh, Silence. Nothing. Yeah, stop I watched, talking to me. I watched Super Friends. Yeah, exactly. And or better yet, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't even have yeah. like that. You don't even have like the cultural literacy to have watched the cartoon to establish that he sucks. But you just decided. Not only that, too. Let, let's be honest here. Okay, if you watch Super Friends, uh, Aquaman sucked. Batman sucked. Everybody's Superman worthless. Sucked. Every single second, Superman is just like, uh, powers. What draining. are we gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever. No. I don't know. Whatever the hacky writers came up with. Yeah. Um, they make that cool sound effect though. Between they do make that super yeah. sweet sound effect. Yeah. Um. Oh no. All right. So so it's called the trench. Um. And what happens is it's a very very you know classic staple of underwater like either horror or or thriller storytelling in terms of like there being a sea monster. There's a thing. It lives underwater. It's been disrupted. It's lost its food source. So now it's come up up up, uh, up to the surface. And what are you tr- talking about? The Meg that just came out this this past <laughs> week, which is again there you go. I, it turns I, out the Meg is a prequel for Aquaman. Hey, if it ain't broke, um, and while we mentioned it, I have to play it. So so <laughs> uh, the trench. What they are are uh, hey, imagine fishmen only they're based on angler fish. They have the giant fucking terrifying insane. needle teeth. Uh, they have their super scary, like, dead shark eyes, um, and they're here to eat all the people. Um, they are a, they're, they're a major part of the plot in this new Aquaman movie. So in the movie, we get like, oh, yeah, it looks like Black Panther, and he's going to fight Ocean Master, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's also going to be fighting these fucked up scary fishmen, um, which James Wan, again, that's his whole, that's his bread and butter. Um that might be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm down, man. And also, there's fucking giant seahorses that people are riding, and there's like okay. oversized yeah. sea, like sea uh, sea creatures and stuff. Like it's so it's gonna be like Avatar meets the Little Mermaid meets the Black Panther meets Thor all smashed together, and then you got <laughs> charming Jason Momoa, the Dragon Master himself, just and fucking Patrick Wilson and Willem Dafoe and Nicole Kidman, and like there's all these really ter- yeah. Patrick all Wilson. Right. Um, I love the fact that instead Makes sense of the, with the James Wan thing. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. At first I was like, Patrick Wilson's going to, Oh yeah. There's like at least three movies they've done together. Cause apparently like James Wan pulled Patrick Wilson from like a burning car at one point. So he owes him like his or life. vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> like something, something went down between the two of them where they're like, we are friends now forever. Um, I love the fact that not instead of it being, um, is the curse of Kordak? I honestly can't remember, but there's like a reason that 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 you know uh, Baby Orin is left on the shore, and they're like, ah, blonde hair, blue eyes, you are you are a fucking curse, you're a monster, we're gonna kill you. Um, and he's you know he's raised by this lighthouse keeper, and in the movie it's that uh, the Queen of Atlantis fell in love with this lighthouse keeper who was a Maori guy, uh, and and you know fucking Arthur is the result of that union. That's awesome, man. That's really cool, and and you know a nice way to to really further the story. Um, 
it just looks fucking crazy and ridiculous in the best ways possible. I'm very excited about that movie. Um, you guys have done a really good yeah. job tonight of selling me on stuff. Glad to hear Like, you, I was sir. not, I was like, Tom Cruise, pfft, next. <laughs> but now I'm like, all right. And then Aquaman, I was just kind of like, all right, fish boy, what do you got for me? And then it was like, okay, all right, all right, all right let's, let's do this. I mean, you also turned me on to Martian Manhunter when I thought he was just a chump. Oh, man. When you explained the whole fire thing. Oh, God, I love that story so much. I think we'll save that for another night because that's a good <laughs> story. Um, but I wanted to get uh, some input from uh, Mr. MC Brooks here. Um, thoughts, hey. on, th- thoughts on Aquaman? Uh, I'm excited. I'm actually excited for it too. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm curious because I feel like DC is going to get an opportunity now to do what Marvel got the opportunity to do with their lesser known characters. Because Justice League did, uh, you know, like they didn't set anything up for anybody going forward, and so there's like there's nothing to really build on as far as fanfare for Aquaman. So they kind of had to, you know, make the trailer really dope and hopefully the story is really good. So I'm hoping with this film that DC will show that, you know, they've learned from their past mistakes and they're going to, you know, do something to make this movie interesting. Uh, I mean, just based on the trailer, despite it being, you know, a almost exact ripoff of the Black Panther trailer, it looks pretty good, you know? So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to go check it out. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Um, normally at this point, I would be yeah. like, guys, we've been recording for, for over two hours, but we had... A ridiculous tech problem in the beginning of the show. So I'm really, I'm <laughs> counting this as like we're like an hour, thirty, hour, forty-five into this. So <laughs> I'm gonna give us, I'm gonna give us a little bit more time here because I, I want to hear a little yeah. bit more about this. I, I want to state this up front for anybody who's listening and thinks that we're bashing DC. Okay, this is we are. yeah <laughs> facts. Yes, okay. This all comes from a place of love, though. I, I, I can yeah. speak for myself, but I know I can speak for all of you guys too that the reason why we are so disappointed in this is because we love these characters. I I specifically remember watching that first Superman movie when I was a kid and thinking it was the most amazing thing that I had ever seen in my life. Like that's what a hero that, that was my idea of a hero. I didn't need dark and gritty. Mm -hmm. This dude was so distraught by the woman he loved dying that he flew around the earth to turn it backwards in time to save it. But not only that, wouldn't kill Lex Luthor, and he probably should have. He probably should have vaporized his face with his laser eyes. Yes. But he didn't, because that's not truth, justice, in the American way. That's not the way he was raised. And, like, that's not who he is. And, like, it, it's it's such a great lesson of what a hu- of what a hero should be. And the fact that the alien is the better human than any of us. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've loved these characters since I was a kid. I remember going... I, I still remember going to McDonald's and buying all that cheap shit that they sold for Batman when the Tim Burton movie came out. Like all of those big plastic cups and you could get the little <laughs> like toys and the Happy Meals and you could get the extra super awesome Batman hamburger which is three Bert patties on a hoagie roll instead of a ray. <laughs> it was God. it was awesome. And I got s- deathly sick after eating it because it was so much fried meat but it, who cares if it's a Batman burger. I needed to eat the Batman burger. Like, and then the animated series came out and like not realizing it until now that that's the best adaptation of Batman that I've ever seen. That is what Batman yep. should be. That's why, because we've seen what it can be and we know what it can be. All right. So yep. that's a great question then, Mike. So what do you, what do we want it to be? Like, what do you want to see next? Marcus, go ahead, man. The, the only thing I was going to add is what did, what adds to the disappointment is the fact that DC has gotten it right on almost every other form of media they have. 
as far as the Arrowverse, as far as their right? animated films. Like they've gotten everything else so right. It's really disappointing that their big screen adaptations are so terrible. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. What do I want to see? I you know what I want to see? I want to see a, li- a live action Batman series, and it's not going to happen because Warner Brothers is idiotic apparently, and they're going to make a Batwoman and they're going to make a Supergirl and they're going to make yep. all of these other things when they know. And and let me state this right now, I absolutely love Barry Allen, the flash and the flash team. Like they are the best. Like, I don't even care how bad those seasons are. Like the one, (laughs) the one with uh, Savitar, that was crap. That was so stupid. Cause it was like, and I've said this before, but like when you have to come up with your villain and you're like, well, who's the villain going to be Savitar? Well, who's, who's Savitar? He's the future flash. Wait, no, no, there's a comma there. He's the future flash. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. Like, and then I felt like the writers were just in a room and they were like, who's the bad guy going to be? Well, let's just make it an evil Barry. Huh? And everybody was like, well, we got two minutes left before we got to pitch this shit. So yeah, that yeah, sounds good. That sounds great. Yeah. And it made no sense because he was like, I was one of your time uh, remnants and um, you, and you guys didn't accept me. That's bull crap. Every single one of those people would have been like, this is awesome. Having a second Barry yeah. around. Wait, there's two of you now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's it's total crap. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. But I still love that show. This Be- last season was honestly one of the best ones so far. Right. And it was because they didn't have a speedster villain. It no. was fucking great. It was great. But like to, to Marcus's point, they're doing really, really good things. I want to see a Batman TV series because you all you have to do is take every single one of those animated episodes and make them live action. And they would be fantastic. Like just imagine that Mr. Freeze episode. I want to say it was like the Heart third. Of ice. The, the third episode, yep. Steve, because I know you're a huge fan of this. Um, in fact, if you go on GGR, if you go on GreekGeekRefuge.com, you click on Nostalgia, Steve does an, an incredible review of the Batman the Animated Series and his favorite episodes of it. But um, Thank you. See, what's your favorite episode? <laughs> uh, Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice is really fucking good. Um, I really like the one, um, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but the one where the Joker gets in the car accident with the dude. And it, he like basically like he's like no 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 don't worry about it. I'm not gonna kill you you owe me a favor. It's just that like was some, on my article too. Some rando dude. Episode. I can't. That I, was a real good one. That was a great one, and I love the one when all of the villains, the rogues gallery, are in prison and they're talking about the times that they almost got Batman. Oh, it's called Almost Got Him. And yeah. the, and everybody gives these great stories, right? And then Killer Croc is like, "Yeah, there was this one time I was gonna hit him with a rock and I threw it at him and I missed, <laughs> and then he kicked me in the face." It was, a, got the one, it was a the big one rock. Or is Joker's favor? You you were so Joker's, close. Mike. Joker's favor. favor. Thank you. All right. I got, no, I my, I think my one. I think my favorite one is Beware the Gray Ghosts, That's where Adam West too. is uh, yeah. like yeah. Bruce Wayne's childhood Batman. You know, and he you just watch him fanboy out over everything. That's such a good one. I really these are all great episodes. My favorite is Over the Edge. Um, Over the Edge is the Everything Goes Wrong episode, and it's toward the end of the series. Um, and it's where, uh, so Batgirl dies in the, in the opening of the episode. Um, oh, damn. and you're like, is this what the, the Bane one? This is the, it, it's, it's one of the Bane ones. Like Bane is, is a, is a major character in it, but it's, um, Batgirl dies. She gets thrown off the, thrown off a building and she lands on the cruiser that's being driven by commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock. Uh, and as she lays dying on the windshield, she's like dad and Mr. Gordon pulls the mask off, sees that it's Barbara Gordon, puts two and two together, and was like, oh, Bruce Wayne is Batman, Dick Grayson is Nightwing. <laughs> and so, like, 
fucking Commissioner Gordon tries to get Bruce to to you know come forward, and and he's like, "There's no fucking way I'm doing that." Uh, and so I've never he, seen this episode. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah, I won't. Then I won't good. tell you the ending. I will not tell you the ending. Um, Is it all a dream? It no, it's not. But there's also a re- I, there's a great conversation to be had about the end. Okay. Um, but it's 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 not reality as it is. Okay. Um, but it's more than it's just a dream. Okay. Um, and Mike, being a Batman fan, I'm sure you can figure it out. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. yeah so, I, to be fair, I didn't say. This sounds like it sounds similar to another one where it was the Mad Hatter. Has, uh, I think it's called Perchance to Dream. Where he has him, and he basically like makes it so that Bruce like thinks he's married. I and gave you everything. Yeah. And you wouldn't leave me alone. That was that was beautiful. You just can't. I I love the idea that the Hatter is just like it's not even like I want you to 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 like I want you to stop stop me from breaking like 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 committing uh, breaking the law. It just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I gave you a paradise, and it wasn't enough. Jesus. Oh, it's so good, Marcus. What about you, man? What's your favorite Batman the animated series episode? Uh... It's been so long since I've seen it. I'm, my memory is terrible. I couldn't even name anything right now, to be honest. It's all good. Man. Like I have plans to I have plans to rewatch it because I'm going to get the DC streaming service whenever yeah. it's available. So you're going to be the yeah, one. I, I don't remember it. I think they also just announced that like the whole series is finally being released on Blu-ray. Oh, it is. Like, it's like a big box oh, set. God, it is, take, and the, just take my money. Well, the digital like the the Blu-ray <laughs> digital stream is going to be on the the DC streaming site. Oh, okay. Um, well, I gave what I wanted. Um, Marcus, what, what would what would you want? What do you want DC to do? Man, I just I just want good stories, man. Like I, I I'm not I, I'm like my bar for them is so low. Like I just <laughs> want them to just not fuck up. Like if you like if this could just be like the inspiration to just be better, then fine. You know, like my I I just want them to have like a plan for these characters, a plan for these. 50 million movies like that. I, I just, that's my bare minimum is just that. Like if you're going to do green lantern and you're going to have, you know, both Jonathan Stewart and Hal Jordan, like I want to, I want to plan for these characters going past this movie. Like, are they both going to be in justice league too? Is one of them going to die? Like we're like, I, I just want something that shows that they have an idea of what they want to do and they're not just making movies for the sake of making movies because at the rate that they're announcing everything like i just remember that they have the new gods movie coming out and they just announced supergirl which is different from the tv show like oh shit i didn't hear about that yeah yeah they they just uh, they just started uh um they're uh, looking for uh producers right now for a supergirl film which is going to be independent of the DCEU, is just going to be a standalone film. You think Faye Dunaway will reprise her role? <laughs> <laughs> She's not busy, is she? I don't think so. <laughs> just waiting by the phone, yeah. hoping oh, that man. they call her. They announced oh, the Supergirl. Boy. It's only a matter Rubbing of time. her hands. <laughs> yeah. Steve, Steve what, what, do you, what do you want to see out of the DCEU, man? You say, I'm sorry, you're talking to me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're the only Steve tonight, not like last week when you had Steve Connolly. No, so, no, I just got just in a little fog there because, like, what you guys, especially MC, just said, like, oh, it's uh, Supergirl, but it's standalone. Like, what I want to see more than anything is DC pick a lane. Like, either 100% commit to this yeah. 
cinematic universe and plan everything out and build it all cohesively have a creative team the way like they have a head with like kevin feige like either do that or do an awesome series of standalone movies like i'm fine either way but you can't do both you can't have three joker movies some count and some don't Mm -hmm. you can't have a supergirl movie that isn't part of a tv show that's very popular right now but isn't part of anything else it's its own little thing like People who aren't fans can't keep track of this stuff, and people who are fans like us are like, well, this doesn't connect, and we get frustrated over it. So do one or the other. Like, we've talked before. I know I've brought this up. Like, we just talked about, like, the animated stuff, those one-hour animated movies they do of, like, The Dark Knight Returns, uh, The Killing Joke, you know, All-Star Superman. Yeah, exactly. All those ones – I, I'd say they got to have at least a 90% hit rate. Like I, the uh, one I want to watch real bad. Cause I heard it was really good was uh justice league versus teen Titans. It came out a little while ago. I it, oh, yeah. it got past me. Like I heard that was really good. Like, but yet this teen tight, this Titan show on the streaming service, like that trailer looked miserable. Yeah, And why does he you know got to say, yeah. and why does he got to say yeah. Batman? Uh, <laughs> like, 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 yeah. Pick a lane and put your resources, your vast resources. You have amazing history, amazing stories at your, your disposal. Pick a lane and go full force into it. Stop dancing around with all these different little ideas. Cause that's what's, sapping away your fan base that's what's making everyone so frustrated yep and there's also no confirmation that shazam is even going to be part of this extended universe or whether it's also going to be a standalone why 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 would you take something that looks good for the first time and be like you know you're not attached to nothing they don't know what i mean now to be fair like like, fuck you billy you on the other end of this you're just uh, a kid (laughs) punk ass marvel who clearly has their shit together still doesn't have their shit together that's true as far as marvel's concerned the tv and the movie universes are not connected yeah, I know true. that there is innumerable amounts of evidence to show the exact opposite of that. If you ask the actual producers, like, nope, they're not connected. Because other there's... Than, other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? No, even, like, technically Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also not... Get out of the house! Because even though you've seen Coulson in the movies. Even though you've seen Coulson in the movies, even though there, like, there are the newspapers on Ben Urich's wall that reference the incident, yeah. even though yeah. there is... Yeah. Like, like, straight yeah. up, there's just tons of evidence... And it's because uh, the actual creative teams that that work as producers for the the films and the and the TV series are not working together. And in fact, um, uh, oh, what is his name? Ike Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter, uh, who is a fucking monstrous human being, um, is one of the heads of uh, uh, Disney slash Marvel, uh, and he oversees. Um, the TV series and Kevin Feige oversees the movies. Uh, there was that that not not too maybe like like in the last year or so, maybe a little longer ago. Uh, there was that sort of shakeup with the creative team uh, on the movies uh, and the TV stuff, and it was because of this. It was because of Perlmutter, where Kevin Feige was like, "I'm not dealing with that motherfucker anymore. I don't want anything to do with him. Um, I'm doing my thing. If you want to keep making movie I'll, money, I'll be happy to be keep doing what I'm doing." Um, but yeah, it's fucking stupid bullshit nonsense. So <laughs> what I want to do here, guys, is, is we this has been a wonderful show. It started off rough. <laughs> <laughs> but we pulled it together. 
<laughs> not ideal, but no, yeah, it's, no. it's, it's, it's all worked out. It's all good because you know what's great about this is we're talking about this, but when people listen back on the podcast, I'm going to cut the beginning out and they sure. won't even know that anything happened. Arguably, <laughs> what happened today is a great example of what could happen with the DC movie universe, wherein it's a mess right now, but through hard yeah. work and determination and perseverance, it could all come together. This is this is why so, the Olive Branch has been extended to you to join GGR, Mr. Rambo. I just, I, I'm just now seeing this. What, what are you seeing? We Go ahead an, and say that again. We have an update for the Green Lantern movie that they're going to tap the uh, the same director from Mission Impossible. Yeah, Chris McQuarrie. Chris McQuarrie yeah. is that's, attached to work on it. That's genius Ooh. because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, we want Cruz to do this. Let's I, just bring the dude who does good Cruise movies in. I just heard Steve get erect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. Like, I'm not even ashamed. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Standing very proudly. Love what you love. Six to midnight. Um, real quick, do I have a minute? All right. So one of the reasons I'm really excited about Tom Cruise uh, as Hal Jordan is because in getting an older actor to play Tom Cruise, play, play Tom Cruise. Yeah, you guys in here, there's an actor playing Tom Cruise playing Hal Jordan. Um, in getting Cruise to play Hal Jordan, we could do a really interesting thing with his character. Uh, particularly as it's a Green Lantern core movie. I want super experienced, oh my God, he's a legend, Hal Jordan, at the start of this movie. And I want him in the Kilowog role. I want him to be the lead trainer on Oa. And you introduce John, but he's he's not the lead of the movie. John Stewart's the lead of the movie. Oh, I got you, yeah. John Stewart's the lead of the movie, and he's a new recruit. He's just getting started his training, and something happens uh, uh, to to Hal wherein he remembers fear and he and he and it, and it just overtakes him and his fucking ring won't work anymore and so he has to go back through training and relearn and that is also it basically would be a way to sort of undo what they did with the green lantern uh the previous movie wherein i was like all right well clearly what you do is you have a whole movie centered on earth and then at the end of the movie you bring in the core and they're like hey you're part of something much bigger I always thought that it would make the most sense to have it be like, oh, you make giant handcuffs or boxing gloves or whatever the fuck. It's because you don't really know how to use the ring, so you make silly shit that your mind that first springs to mind. Um, and it's over the course of the movie that not only does John train, but you have you basically get like a training day kind of situation where you have Hal walking him through the steps as best he can while at the same time you use Hal Hal's you know it's something from his past it's 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 him dealing with like the death of his dad um you you have that be him one we that's how we learn about his character but two it becomes here's how we reestablish um um the entire mythos for the green lanterns um and if any of you guys have read uh, you know, DC has that whole um, like Earth One series of, yeah. uh, of of graphic novels. The Green Lantern one is fantastic. It is super simple, bare bones breakdown of like this is what Green Lantern is. This is how it works. This is what it should what it should be. Uh, and if honestly, you could take that story and just ad- directly adapt it, and it would be a perfect Green Lantern movie. But I really want to see like a Training Day kind of situation with Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Um, with you know, you have the seasoned vet, and it's just him trying to like walk him through how things work. Or I mean, shit, honestly. What I, what I didn't hear in any of that is where Guy Gardner comes in. Oh God, absolutely. And, and also, tell me he's wearing the vest though. Of, of course, he's vest, wearing the yeah, vest. Okay. And in my mind, and he's played. Else. He's played by Will Arnett. Will Arnett, 
is hands down my guy Gardner. Um, I, I I want it so bad. I, why why how can I have this thing? Give me the thing. <laughs> give, me the, give me the thing. I didn't want it so bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, or honestly, honestly, instead, in if you don't go um, with like you know Sinestro or whatever have you, uh, fuck man, god damn it. See, this is what I really like about story development and stuff. But it's also really frustrating. It's like my mind is going like, oh man, and you can do this. You can have it be that uh, Hal becomes Parallax, and so John has to fight Parallax. And you're, you're already on the same page as me. And like, so that's and what so, I wanted to do. But in order to fight him, he <laughs> has to go and find oh. Who was the person that Hal had to deal with? Oh, Sinestro. He has to go and get Sinestro. And you have a fucking Silence of Lambs situation where <laughs> you have to get the worst and green most dangerous Green Lantern uh, uh, to, to work with, with fucking Jon Stewart, brand new, you know, barely uh, uh, dry behind the ears kid, uh, to fight now the arguably greatest, now worst Green Lantern. Fuck. Their movies are never going to be this good. He's killed all the Green Lanterns. You got to help me. So you've come to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh God! And you can bring in Kyle. Oh fuck! So excited about this movie that'll never happen. <sighs> well, on the next episode of DVI Pirate Radio, <laughs> we'll be doing fan fiction for the DCEU. Uh, we'll, we'll do something awesome. We always do. Um, guys, this was awesome. This was always always fun. Um, I want to give everybody a chance to plug their stuff. Uh, Steve, let me thank you for for jumping back in the saddle and uh, and writing some of these articles for GGR again. Um, he's done uh, the Geek Sheets. That's now his new thing. He's going to be doing those weekly. Um, we are teasing right now. We used to do this series called uh, Splash Pages, and we might actually see if Mr. Rambo is interested in doing this as well. Um, but the Splash Page, um, which we haven't done since like 2015, is where we take a new comic book movie that's coming out, and we give you kind of a quick hitter on, hey, you don't know anything about this movie? Well, let me tell you about Ant-Man. Let me tell you about uh, The Kingsman. We did those, and those worked out really well. Steve did one for Guardians of the Galaxy before that movie came out. Um, I think Steve and I had talked about this. We might be doing that again. Is that correct, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's very, I don't know. It's important to me that, like Stan Lee said, like someone's comic is always there, you know, every comic is somebody's first that that's how it goes yeah and so it's important to me that like yeah we're big fans and we know all kinds of nonsense about characters no one's ever heard of or will ever care about ever again um but it, it's nice with all this stuff out there and all the movies that are out there like there's a 101 there's a quick like look this isn't going to get in depth this is where you should start who these people are that way when your friends are talking about guy gardner and they make some reference you're like, I don't know who the hell that is, but yeah. you read a Green Lantern splash page, gives you the brief history and some of the best stories to go pick up if you if you like what you hear as a little snippet. Plus, we're going to try a new series of uh, podcasts and articles where Steve asks his wife, who is new to the whole superhero movie concept, to describe a plot of one of the movies. It's actually, it was uh, he, when he did it the other day, it was hilarious. I was dying laughing. But then I'm going to do the same thing with my nine-year-old son. That sounds amazing. And like, because my nine-year-old son is so energetic and frantic anyways, like he'll start on one thing and then he'll go off on another topic. So he'll start talking about one thing and then all of a sudden we're talking about cheeseburgers. So like, it'll be, it'll, I'm excited about this. Um, but Marcus, you are the newest GGR representative, man. You, you have been oh, doing some- shit. You have been doing some awesome stuff with um, your visits to the local Comic Cons. You went to Blurred Con uh, in DC, which was yep. two weeks ago, and last week you went to Otacon, correct? Yep. Yeah, so definitely check these out. Uh, he's got articles on the site. 
Um, it's on greatgeekrefuge.com. <laughs> Uh, and you'll see them both right there. They're 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 very good articles, especially the BlurredCon man one. The one you did about BlurredCon was was incredible because you could tell that it really the BlurredCon really means something to you, and that yes. was uh, that's always awesome. Um, plus, you're going to be doing some podcasts for GGR as well. Is that correct? That is correct. In fact, uh, I have an episode on BlurredCon that will hopefully be up in the next couple of days. Well, there you go. See, you see what you're doing that right now. You're teasing the folks to tune back in mm. for more stuff. Leave them wanting more. Exactly. James Rambo, <laughs> as we have the stirring movie m- music of uh, Dances with Wolves right now. <laughs> I definitely heard uh, uh, Prince of Thieves in there earlier. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I got my movie soundtrack playing right now. Um, I love the fucking movie. Um, what do you got going on, man? So, uh, a week from today, uh, I guess technically eight days from today, uh, is Fairfax Comic Con at the Dulles Expo Center uh, in Fairfax, Virginia. Um, it is uh, the 25th and 26th, the Saturday and Sunday of next weekend. Uh, I will uh, have a table there in the Artist Alley. Um, and they finally announced the table numbers. I will be at table 420, bro. Are you Which is a total waste on me because I don't smoke. Um, <laughs> but uh, They're going to come yeah. to your table and they're going to be like, so you're, you're like, like, yo, was you that? You're like, no, not even a little bit. You can buy some no. art. How about art? Buy, buy all the things. Yeah, come high as fuck and just give me all your money. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's at table 420. Uh, I will be there uh, both days uh, the entire time the show is open. Um, but uh, yeah, come, come see me and, and say hello and uh, buy some artwork. I got, I'll have original pieces and prints and all manner of things. Uh, but yeah, for, uh, Table 420, Artist Alley, um, Fairfax Comic Con, Dulles Expo Center, August 25th and 26th. There you go. So there you have it. Uh, guys, we've got lots of stuff going on on The Great Geek Refuge. Uh, we're partnered with Fantastic Forum. We are their uh, host for all of their iTunes content. So you can go directly to the website if you're not an iTunes fan. You can go right to uh, greatgeekrefuge.com and you can click on the Fantastic Forum link and you can listen to those lovely podcasts. We're putting them out little by little. It's kind of like the best of stuff right now, uh, but there will be more content to come soon because we like Ulysses Campbell. He's good people. He's good people. Plus, uh, um, I don't. he might be mad because I didn't ask him to come on this, but oh no, there's already an, enough of us that talk a lot. So. There's, yeah, there's four of us. <laughs> I know. I don't shut the fuck up. Me so. neither, right? Yeah, exactly. And and Steve and Marcus are just struggling to get a word in edgewise <laughs> with the two of us. Um, but um, there's lots of great stuff there. I, I did a ton of Star Wars articles lately, so check those out. I did my Robin Williams tribute. Check that out, too. Um I'm actually the Robin Williams article. I'm going to be truthful here for a second. Was so draining that I don't have anything to write for a while. Like it was, it was such an emotional outpour that like I just need to recharge my batteries. So I think I'm going to finish watching Luke Cage. Um, I got a digital download of Logan. I still haven't seen Logan. Oh, buddy, I'm excited for you. So I'm going to watch. Bring I'm gonna the finish, fishes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard. Uh, I'm going to finish um, Luke Cage. Um, which, which, dude. Okay, I know everybody yeah. hated Iron Fist. All right, I get it. I know why they hated him because he was essentially like like Napoleon Dynamite with ninja skills. Okay, I, I get it, but like, but God damn it, when he shows up and him and Luke dap each other second that, season in the second season. Of, I, oh yeah, yeah. he's he's awesome. In second season when he dapped him up, I was like, this is gonna be the dopest shit ever. Oh I was, my god, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was losing Bro. my shit on my couch watching this. No, no lie, that was my favorite episode of the entire season. Oh, like, I, I, I wanted more right? than just that episode. And, and Danny kicked ass. He was awesome. He was so good in this in this episode. But not only that, at one point he looks at Luke and Luke goes, "Patty cake," and he was like, "What?" 
And he was like, you want to do this now? And he's like, yeah. And they did it. They, they like smashed, like he did the iron fist and they smashed him in the hand and it just like shot a shockwave out, kind of like when Thor hit his hammer against uh, Captain America's shield. It was dope yep. as fuck. Dude, that second season, I I was one of the few detractors for the first season where I was yeah. just like really disappointed by it. Yeah. And fucking hell if they didn't impress me with the second one. Dude. And that like, second season was solid. Super spoiler alerts. If you have not watched it, oh my God, please don't listen to this part, Okay. And you know what? I'll be vague for because I know you've watched it, James, and I know you've watched it, MC. Steve, have you been watching Luke yep. Cage? Dude, I haven't seen anything like anything just, past he Defenders. Just, he I haven't moved. seen Jay Jones season two. He, he just bought a house, I so seen, he has yeah, a good excuse. Nothing. He's got a really good excuse. Went on That's vacation, bought a house, has a little baby. Baby just turned one. Which happy birthday to little uh, Jack, uh, Steve's son. Happy birthday, Jack. Um, but there's that scene where they they go to the Jamaican restaurant. And I can't say anything else. Sure. I cannot uh, ruin it. Yo. But that was, I, wow. Yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding. I thought like it wasn't going to be like that. Oh, yeah. And then it was. Well, and to I was, be fair, there were characters in that scene who didn't think it was going to be like that. Yeah. That's, that's true. Shades was like, what the hell? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. That was. Yeah, absolutely. This is not going to end well. I can already see that. Like, this is not going to end well. And I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Um, they, they, did, they did such a great job with all of the villains or all of the antagonists in season two. Yeah. Like. And, and and the crazy thing is, what, what, one of the things I enjoyed most is you you had reasons to like and dislike each of them. Yeah. Oh like yeah. You could absolutely. You weren't, you weren't you weren't objectively behind Luke all of the time. You you know you may have liked some of Bushmaster, maybe not his methods, etc. Like there, you you couldn't get behind any one particular character without feeling conflicted because yeah. of something that they did that season. Exactly. There's yeah. a little bit of moral ambiguity you get yes. between uh, between yes. everybody, which is really well done. Yeah, and like, does it make yeah. me a horrible person that I had a really hard time understanding what what Bushmaster was saying a lot of times? No, it makes you a white man. <laughs> okay, all right. Because I was really, I was trying. I really was. I turned on the I turned on the subtitles at one point. I was like, does this make me an asshole for turning the subtitles on? No, it <laughs> like, it means you're a dude who does not know a lot of Jamaican folks who speak I, I in Jamaican patois. And he was he was I mean <laughs> two other Jamaican people. <laughs> the thing is, is my wife is quite the world traveler. Yeah. So she does, and I had her sit in and watch an episode with me and essentially translate. And she was just like, she's like, their patois is so good in this episode. She's dude. like, she's like, it's not like the hey, call me right now, man. Yeah, like, exactly. It was, it was legit. Like she was impressed. Total, total sidebar. Yeah. Watching Letterkenny, their fucking accents and between the accents and the, and the slang, yeah, it is tough to follow at times. I love that show though. Oh, I enjoyed the shit out of it, but Steve, it's like yeah, it's very Marcus, much one of those things. I did a uh, I did an article on GGR about it. It's a show on uh, Hulu for season one and season two. It's called Letterkenny. It's a Canadian comedy. It is the funniest show I've seen in a long time. And I turned Rambo onto it, and he actually did a sketch of the main character from uh, the Wayne, show yeah. of Wayne. Um, but you guys definitely need to check it out if you haven't seen it yet. It is like if What's Aaron Sorkin if, if Aaron Sorkin wrote a comedy a fucking sitcom about uh, Hicks in the Boonies in Canada. So <laughs> it's it's a it's a brother and sister Wayne and Katie who own a farm, and they have Wayne's friend um, Daryl mm-hmm. and their other friend no, uh, Dan Squirrely, Squirrely Dan. Yeah. And they all like they work on the farm and they just hang out and they drink beer. And it sounds like a simple enough premise, right? But it is just the way it's written, the dialogue is just dead on. It's so funny. And like there's these like tweakers that live in town who are like <laughs> ravers, but also like drug addicts, and they're hilarious. 
I legit thought that the guy who played Stewart was yeah. uh, uh, Gerard Day. It's not actually the guy. It's who, not. No, it's it, it's yeah. he's, he's the co-creator of the show. Yeah, the guy who the guy who plays Stewart actually liked and commented my Instagram post about Letterkenny. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's it. I'm gonna retire. I can quit my job that's now. Fantastic. Yeah, it's over. But like, it's the the humor is on point. Like, you would think that there would be a little bit of a social disconnect between Canadian culture and American culture. Nope, not even a little bit. And like, it's it, it's really sharply written. Yeah. And it's not just like dumb, like dick and fart jokes. There's plenty of those. There's, pl- there's an entire uh, episode never, just about yeah, farts. That's, there we go. That's what yeah. I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> there's an entire episode about dick and fart jokes. But it's not like, you know how some shows are very one-dimensional where they can do one thing really, really well comedy-wise? This one does all of it. There's the deadpan. They do the deadpan really, really well. You do the quick back-and-forth banter that I would almost say is almost like Frasier in a way. Where like they're just, I, th- just, I lean more like West Wing. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a very super fast, very quick witted. Honestly, I was it had me in the first five minutes of the first right? episode. Yeah, like the, the when when uh, uh when the hockey players first show up. Oh my god, the hockey players! And if fucking, you're a hockey fan at all, like the lingo that they use is so dead on with hockey. Like it's it's so <laughs> it's so great. Like it's and they make so many references. Like and it's it's so bad that me and my wife now use stuff from the show. Like if we're patter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Off you go now. Yeah. yeah. We say that. We say that to people all the time when we're done talking. We're like, all right, off you go now. It's yeah. It's really funny. It's really smartly written. Um, I mean, it's it. Don't get me wrong. It's very broy. It is very broy. And like oh, it a lot of the, the, the writing and stuff, but it, it works really well. Um, and in, in much the same way that uh, that Mike needed the subtitles for Bushmaster at times, it might behoove you to turn on some subtitles <laughs> for Letterkenny. Because honestly, it's there. It's a Canadian accent that I hadn't heard before. Really? Because it's so it's it's like this. Few, it's, it, funny enough, it's almost certainly intentional. Uh, Letterkenny itself is. Uh, there's a town in Ireland called Letterkenny. Yeah. Um, and it sounds to me like an Irish Canadian accent, which makes sense with um, the descendants because a lot 100%. of like a lot of Macs and O's and yeah, like it's and like, well, shit. The 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 last episode on the second season on Hulu because uh, both seasons, uh, the first two seasons, first two of five the motherfuckers is the St. Patrick's Day episode, yep. um, which is a total like extra happens outside of the season. Uh, uh, almost such, like a special. Such a good episode. Um, but yeah, it's it's when he when when Daryl became legendary. Legendary, yeah. Legendary, um, yeah. We're we're so inside baseball right now. Um, no, right? <laughs> yeah. So but no, it's it's two seasons uh, on on Hulu, six episodes each, with a bonus seventh episode on the second season, and it's twenty three minutes an episode. I love how we go from wrapping the show up to taking another ten minutes to talk. I, about as soon as I <laughs> as soon as I said it, I knew it was gonna it was you, gonna be a whole other thing. I can't. You're like you're like Darth Vader baiting Luke Skywalker into a duel. Like you knew, you knew that if you were like sister, so I've got this show called Letter Kenny, and I'm like you motherfucker. Like, yeah, it's dude, yeah. it's really. I funny. did that to you last week when I was like, so Mike, you love Star Trek Into Darkness, and then you took a good ten minutes just ranting about how much you hated that movie. That he's, came out he's right. Years ago, he's right. You guys know my buttons, you sons of bitches. You didn't like Wrath of Khan too. I can't do it again. <laughs> I personally thought it was the best Star Trek movie, including the original. So, God damn God, it. You um, dicks. And there's and there's certainly no one who can debate me on this. I mean, it's not like it was. What was so cool about it was the fact that like the Kirk part was done by Spock, and the Spock part was done by Kirk. Voice off. It's, 
I just love that. I love that they hey. like really turned it on its ear. Hey, who feels like doing a three-hour show? Fuck yeah. it, I do. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> I explained this in the last episode. I'll explain it briefly. Okay. The, the, oh my god! Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Instead, instead, you poke the bear, motherfucker. You can tune in to last week's episode, <laughs> and you can listen to me rant and rave about how much I disliked the second half of that movie because the first half was creative, the second half was derivative bullshit. Agreed. But we'll leave it at that. Because it's almost 11 o'clock, and I'm tired, and I know you had a long drive, and Steve has a little kid, and Marcus is probably swimming in his basement right now because it floods every day. He, li- he lives Not in... this week. Yeah, he lives in Rapture, actually. Like, under the sea. <laughs> with Andrew Ryan. It's a whole thing. Um, but guys, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, a tradition that we've started in 2018 is... Every episode ends with Africa. Um... <laughs> But I'm playing the Weezer cover of Africa. And the reason why is because very soon here I'm going to be doing an episode, kind of an, an offshoot of uh, GGR Pirate Radio, where I'm going to be talking about Weezer's second album that they came out with uh, called uh, Pinkerton. And this is easily the most divisive album that I can ever think of. Because this movie, this movie... This album got so panned critically when it came out, and it had such a weird set of circumstances happen to it that caused it not to sell well at all. And not only did it not sell well, it like destroyed Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer. It destroyed his confidence as a songwriter, as an artist. Like he was like he was distraught. He was beside himself. He was like, I don't even want to do this rock thing anymore, man. Fuck this. I'm gonna go to Harvard. And like he was just beside himself. But what ended up happening after the fact? is an incredible story. And that's the tease I'm going to leave you on. You guys got to tune into this. Most likely I'm going to do this as a solo joint just because I'm so passionate about it because I think it's such an incredible story. Um, but stay tuned. That's that's why the Weezer Africa is playing. Plus, if you look up on YouTube, there's a version of Weird Al playing in a company uh, accordion with Weezer playing the song. And he sings along, and it's incredible. If you're having a bad day, watch that. If that doesn't brighten your day, then you're dead inside. You have a heart made of stone. Or a heart of ice to tie back to the best episode of Batman the Animated Series. Agreed. <laughs> thank you. On that note, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out GGR. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, make sure you look up uh, Mr. James Rambo. He's got stuff on Etsy. He's got stuff on Facebook. Yeah. He's on Instagram. Um, read our articles. Read our stuff. Listen to our podcasts. Uh, we're going to have a new episode of MC Brooks's uh, The Overflow. Uh, coming to GGR here real, real soon. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning into our nonsense and uh, chicanery. My name is Mike Lunsford, and this has been GGR Pirate Radio. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!